This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. Hey there, and welcome to this episode of Speakernomics the podcast about becoming a better speaker and building a better business. I'm your host, Tom Singer, and I have discovered that I am one of the luckiest people in the entire speaking industry because I get to host this show and talk to the most amazing people who are doing really cool things and building great businesses in the world of professional speaking. And today is going to be no different. Today, we are talking to Jennifer Conweiler, CSP. She has been in the speaking and training business for, gosh, over 30 years and has been a member of the National Speakers Association for 12 plus years and we're going to have some fun today talking about introverts and how to engage them in your audience as a speaker. Hey Jennifer, welcome to Speakernomics. Hey, thanks Tom with an H. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, so let's dive right in. What are two tips that you have for speakers who are going to talk to audiences and every audience has them, audiences with introverts sitting there listening? What can speakers do better? Tip number one, allow for thinking time. Tip number two, connect off the stage. Okay, well, this is going to be fun because this is a topic that uh, a lot of speakers are extroverts, and we have to be very aware that our audience is made up of some different people who might be wired a little differently. Now, for those of you who don't know Jennifer, she is awesome. She has written four books. She is one of the originators of this whole introvert revolution that's gone on the last several years, and she is a pioneer working for introverts in the workplace. She helps organizations harness the power of those people on their team, which easily is close to half of their team who are more introverted. So Jennifer, tell me about your background. How did this topic ever bubble up as to something that you could become an expert in? Well, Tom, like for a lot of us, it starts at home. Early on in my marriage, I realized I was married to an introvert, found out like many of us, like we were talking earlier, took the Myers-Briggs and husband Bill was way over there on the introvert side. And uh, it helped me, you know, after a lot of frustration of not understanding why this guy just kind of shut down after we were with people, I realized it wasn't me. He wasn't trying to make my life crazy, (laughs) right? So I, and, and there was a lot of learning there and I took that into the organizations that I was working in and coaching and consulting, leadership development, different roles. And I realized that so many people were grateful when they learn more about these differences in temperament. And it helped them not just on a nice to have basis, but really did make a difference in them uh, getting opportunities at work and for the organizations I was working in to really leverage the talent of those people. So it, one thing led to another. And um, after I had done a lot of training for a while, for a while with com- you know, organizations like American management and really developed my kind of stand up presentation skills, I then decided I wanted to go to a bigger stage. And that's when I, I came to NSA and I connected with uh, a person who a number of people probably here know Sam Horn. Oh, sure. Sam helped me figure out all those thoughts in my head, and we put it together in a book, The Introverted Leader. And uh, the rest was, as they say, uh, history. 
Well, I can totally relate to that. I, too, am married to an extreme introvert, and we had to learn not only how to communicate at home, because I want to go talk about everything. I just finished an interview with Jennifer Conweiler on Speakernomics. I got to tell you all about it. And she's looking at me like, no, not right now. And so we had to learn how to be able to communicate that way. Also, going to parties, she'd be like, okay, I'm ready to go. And I'm like, what do you mean? We're just getting going. Uh, so I've taken a lot of that those lessons into my career as well. So I want to jump right into your tips here. I think tip number one is really smart and something that, you know, I know I struggle with because I talk fast. I have a lot of things I want to say. And your first tip is allow for thinking time. Tell me what that means and why it's important to the introverts in the audience. Well, I just want to dial it back just a little bit and say, what, let's, let's get some sort of baseline here. When we talk about introverts and extroverts, they're still, although we, you know, we've got more learning about this in the population. A lot of people mix it up what it is, you know, introversion really is how you're, how somebody is wired and introverts get their energy from within and um, they are stimulated, but to a certain point, then they shut down and need like your wife does a break to leave that party to, um, you know, end that, end that team meeting. Um, Extroverts, on the other hand, are stimulated by people and being out there and going and doing things. And one of the strengths of introverts that we need to consider in our audiences is the depth and the and the real ability to think and go deep. And that's what they're really known for as one of their tremendous strengths. And so what happens a lot of times when we design our speeches and, you know, we put that keynote together or that training program, we forget to build in, you know, that time for people to, uh, let's say, take a break and write down their answers. You know, it doesn't always have to be, you know, us being like a Tony Robbins up there and being on steroids, you know, and sometimes we think, uh, particularly, Tom, uh, when an audience is not responding, right, we dance even faster and that's even more of a turnoff. So but we have to be patient and we have to allow people that space to really think. And by the way, it doesn't just help introverts, does it? It helps everybody in the group. You get more quality output from the extroverts as well. So a simple exercise, I know we like to talk practicality on speakernomics is, you know, you ask the group a question and instead of just taking those quick answers in the chat or in the live group, you know, with those first hands that go up, you just like take a breath and say, you know, you know, what about if we were just write down our answers, take 30 seconds to think. I'm telling you that 30 seconds makes a difference. Now for us extroverts who are used to who are maybe not as comfortable with silence, we have to learn to do that, to be quiet. <laughs> Tom, you're, 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 I wonder, uh, you're quiet now, so that's really cool. Um, you know, Aristotle said nature abhors a vacuum. And so I always share with my speaker colleagues, you know, if you're nervous about that, just take a breath and know that somebody, if you allow them the space, they will contribute. And that way we're hearing from everybody. Well, I think that that's I mean, it's it's wonderful advice and something that I've learned because I speak a lot to what I call the left brain introverted uh, professional. So a lot uh -huh. of engineers, uh, I used to be the marketing director for a law firm. So I speak a lot to law firms. So that sort of sort of those people, I can end up with more than half my audience uh, sometimes in the tech field or the legal field or accounting that are introverts. And because I'm a high energy guy, it's not that they don't like me. It's that they have to have that time to find a spot to catch up sometime is the way I, I sort of describe it. So in addition to having like an exercise that you can do where they write down answers, what else can you do in your keynote that builds yeah. in that time for them to catch up and think and process? 
Well, part of that is thinking about the variety of, uh, of approaches that we have in our keynotes. And of course, I'll, I guess I'll talk about virtual as well as you know, in person, um, you know, I find that a lot of speakers are not leveraging the um, the chat enough. And um, I think that is a real gold mine. I, I was teaching online before the pandemic doing training, you know, day long training courses. And I had to really rely on that. I learned a lot about how important it was. And it certainly came in handy during the pandemic because it, we're, con- we're connecting with people where the, the richness in those chats are is incredible what comes out. And because introverts like to write and express themselves um, much of the time that way by getting clear on what they think through the written word. And they also use it, by the way, in organizations much of the time to make a difference, to get their point across. So writing is just sort of really natural, whereas the extroverts would rather talk it out. And nothing wrong with that, but I think that's another thing we really need to do. And one thing, Tom, that I realized so much, I was so grateful to to Zoom for this um, ability to do breakouts. And I think um, people often think, well, if I have a small group, I can't really do a breakout. Yes, you can. And you will find that um, even I've done breakouts with two people in them. And that really speaks to the other kind of qualities that introverts have, which is and, and what their propensity is, is I said to go deep, but also to have smaller, more intimate conversations, you know, connections in which which I want to talk about as my part of my second point. But I, I think I really think that's really key that what you'll find is then you bring the group back. And even if it's a short breakout for a few minutes or five minutes or so, those people that are in, will be speaking and involved and ch- and dealing with that question that you put on the table or that task that you ask the group to consider, and then it'll all come back into a large group. And it's just so golden to be able to have these tools. So, you know, it's interesting because when I first became sort of a full-time speaker, if you will, 12 or 13 years ago, there was a lot of talk in the meetings business about having interaction. And before yeah. that, it hadn't been talked about quite as much, but a little over a decade ago, interaction in your right. speeches and your breakouts and, and workshops became sort of the buzzword. And there were all kinds of people who had all kinds of ideas. Some of it was science-based. Some of it was made up by the speaker where uh-huh. they were like, the popular thing I remember was you have to have an activity every seven minutes. Ugh, I hate those rules. Don't you when you have rules like that? Well, and, and my take was, is that you know, there were a lot of other things, other, a lot of speakers then took up like saying things like uh, reach over and touch your neighbor's elbow. Nobody wants you to touch their elbow. That's not interaction. But what I found is there's lots of things you can do. If you can get people to nod, yeah. if you can get people to lean in, or if you can get people to laugh, that is actually interaction as well. So does, do those types of things actually count for the introvert in the audience to have that time to catch up? They do count, but we, we, again, we have to watch that because I've seen the overuse of like, okay, we'll complete the sentence. You know, we'll have a, a speaker put <laughs> their hand out and ask the group, you know, for, and they'll do it over and over again. I was actually at an NSA uh, event a number of years ago and I watched, I was, I was doing my initial research on introverts and training and speaking. And I watched a number of people leave the room because it was just constant activity to activity to activity like thinking again that we need to keep the energy going well no let's just stop and take a break and even a break like you were asking what else you can do like a few minutes to just look outside at a tree or get up and stretch 
um, refining, that's really, really key. And um, the introverts won't always tell you they need that, but that's where they, they'll come back with that idea. And in fact, one, uh, one survey we did uh, for, for the latest work on, on organizations said that um, it was pretty astounding out of 200 introverts, self-identified introverts, only 34% said that their organizations allowed time for reflection and discussion. So as speakers and as, you know, deliverers of of presentations of all kinds, aren't we giving them a gift to really have that hour or two to go deeper? I love that. So there's no formula, like every five minutes you need to make somebody do something. Just, just make sure that you're doing something. Yeah. And that reminds me, I'm sorry, of the, uh, like, you know, they tell you that with PowerPoints too, you need this type of PowerPoint every three minutes. In fact, I'm using less and less, uh, less and less PowerPoints. I'll tell you one other thing that I've done recently for that as well. And this has been another gift I'll have to say, you know, of, um, of doing virtual programs. I've been able to, we, we do a lot of training on, uh, or I do speaking on um, introverted leadership. And so I've been able to grab, you know, senior leaders and have these fireside chats. And I'm telling you, we go deep, Tom, we go deep and it makes such a difference. People say, well, how do we change the culture and, and what can we do to really bring this, you know, as allies into organizations? Well, you know, you get the CEO up there talking about, you know, how she navigated being an introvert and uh, you know, it's very intimate and she's going deep. It's not superficial. So that's, I would say to your point, that's another tool that we have is to bring other people in, right? It doesn't always have to be about us, but I think as speakers, we come up saying we got to work on the craft. You know, we have to have that right punchline at the right time. Well, that drove me crazy for years until I realized that one of the reasons that I love this work so much, particularly working with introverts is that I can facilitate so you talk about engage, you get people involved. So how do you get them to do that? And that, that's a big part of, of speaking now. So Jennifer, your second tip was connect off stage, And this one excites me because that's my topic that I speak about is human connection and how do you get people to engage more? Yes. Why is it important for the speaker to connect with the audience when they're off stage? How does that help them relate to the introverts? Well, again, I mentioned, I mentioned earlier one-on-one connection, right? And so I think, you know, introverts will say they hate small talk. So consider the live presentation. We're always told, you know, get there early and schmooze a little with people. Well, the schmoozing is really key because you'll find typically, and Tom, I don't know if you've seen this, you know, the introverts will stake out their place with a little space around them, which and it, it's never uh, the front. It's rarely the front row. <laughs> no, I always make a joke about the extroverts are always in the front, right? But no, and they get there late. <laughs> They're running in the last minute. The introverts stake out. So so I will get there and we'll have these little conversations and um, I've already established trust and that's what happened. And it's also on virtual. We need to get there early and do some chatting and call connect and learn people's names. Um, so I think that's really important, but I, I want to share just a quick story that um, I it just, I always think about this when, because uh, it relates to your other theme on speakernomics, which you know, how do we get business? And I've always felt like, well, you get business. A lot of it is from the work you do, you know, and um, but it's not so much on the platform. So what happened was I I get a really good gig with um, with this, one of the space agencies uh, several years ago. And I was so excited about this. And, it, it, you know, and it went well. And, and um, but on the way back from the and then I got more gigs from this group and it was really um, a full fee experience and how cool to say you work with the you know telescope people 
so anyway, I'm, I'm driving back to the airport with a very introverted client and uh, who, who brought me in. And I and I said, Heather, um, I'm just I'm just curious. I know we met at SHRM, uh, which is the HR you know organization uh, last year. And I said, I, I never really asked you why. Why did you bring me in? You know, to, was it was it my program there? She goes, well, I know your presentation at SHRM was fine. She said, no, I'm thinking fine. I worked, <laughs> I worked my ass off on that. What do you mean fine? She goes, no, Jennifer, but it was afterwards when we do, you did your book signing and you put your pen down. And you look me in the eye when I brought up a question, a question to you. And we spoke for several minutes and you were able to give me some ideas right then on the spot. And I, it showed me you were really listening to me. And I kept thinking about that time. It's like, so these speeches are important. Yeah. But it's the human connection that brings us business. Don't you think that well, happens a lot? Obviously, it's what I speak about, but it's even more yeah, true that, that my experience, most of my business comes from referrals and spinoff from speaking. And most yeah. of it comes from people who I then ran into at lunch or I often stay the night after I speak and I'll go to the cocktail party that they have or I'll, before mm-hmm. I go to bed, I'll go have a glass of wine and I'll go into the bar. And sometimes that's when the introverts want to come talk to you. They're not going to storm the stage afterwards if there's a line, but they'll come sit next to you at the bar and say, I loved that part. And then those are the people who usually refer me. It's those people I talk to afterwards. So it's interesting that you take this to connecting with the introverts in your audience by connecting off stage. I've always thought it was just anybody that you connect with off stage, but you're right. It does seem to be those introverts who want to come talk to you near the elevator or at the coffee pot. They don't want to rush the stage and be like, oh my God, Jennifer, great speech. No, totally. And and it's funny because, you know, one of the markers of a successful speech that we're always taught in our professional group, or we were, I don't think this is true anymore, was the standing O. Well, honestly, I didn't get a lot of standing O's because all my clients were introverts. They wanted to get the heck out of the room, you know. But then I, and that's very, uh, this is where I bring it into sort of a process that I have. I would say if, if you look at it that way, it's like the pre- the pre-time, you know, the before the speech, um, your tip, and again, this is a typical speaker best practice, you connect with several people on the committee, you ask to talk to folks to do due diligence, you're developing relationships with your introverts there, okay? So they're already your advocates and your allies when you're in the room, okay? Then you have the speech, okay? And you do some other things, like maybe uh, one I had with an introverted uh, leader last week, we did we did a demo, and he wrote me afterwards, and we pre- I prepped him which is another key element you want to do when you're working with introverts. The best way you'll raise their confidence and raise their performance is to just give them a heads up. And I told this guy, Sean, what we were going to be doing. I gave, it was a little improv exercise that I learned from another NSA member, by the way, Izzy Gazelle, which I use a lot. And I, I gave him a little scope of it and he was nervous as heck. He did it. We had several, we have, couple thousand people on the call afterwards he wrote me a glowing email about how good he felt about himself that he had done that you know so it was that connection and that preparation that i did before that you need to do before and spend the time but again we say to do this in speaking but it really does as you say it, it works for for introverts and then afterwards i think that's another really a real opportunity that also spills over into getting more business because I typically offer to on a zoom conference or a zoom presentation to answer questions um, either through a video that I do right then that day or email, you know, responses to the chat. And I stay in touch with 
the people and the committee. And one last thing I'll say to you is on social media, we have very vibrant conversations because individuals who are introverted, who do use social media, we have found do it in a very thoughtful way and they want to go deeper on a topic. And so then they become part of our community. So it's the pre the speech and the post, but I think connecting off the stage is really the key with introverts. And the thing I've found is that introverts are actually better networkers. And sometimes people go like, what? But it's because when they choose to engage, because it's not that introverts don't like people. Like you said, it's where do you get your energy? It can be draining to be in a room of 500 people for for an introvert. But when they choose to engage with somebody, they're going to ask more questions. They're going to listen more efficiently. And I have found that it's the introverts who will will refer you more often because once they've chosen to invest in you, they're, they're invested in you more than the extrovert who's on to the next person, maybe. Well, there's a theme, uh, depth versus breath. And I think that you're describing that beautifully there. All right. So as we kind of get to wrapping this up, I want to shift gears with you just a little bit because all speakers aren't extroverts. In fact, my understanding from a survey that was done years ago is that the the speaker community falls pretty much along the whole community, meaning that 40 plus percent of our peers are going to be on the introverted side of that spectrum. So what does the more introverted speaker need to know about relating to their audiences and being able to connect and, and being able to uh, get more business? Yeah, well, I, I, I think you're absolutely right. And a lot of speakers will tell me that they are really introverted. I've heard you know from many of our colleagues. Uh, I think it's really about understanding your threshold for uh, burnout and for energy, where your energy um, needs to be a portion. So, for instance, you're out with a group like you were describing, Tom, you know, and we were talking about earlier going to a bar as an introverted speaker. You know that you need to maybe take a little rest before your speech that you're not going to if you keep partying or keep hanging out. It's it's a lot of uh, energy that you're spending that you really need to focus in on for your speech. And I would say that's true for a lot of extroverts too, who kind of deplete themselves, but we have to understand. And I think knowing ourselves, and I think this is where the work really needs to happen is um, understanding our rhythms and what energizes us and what depletes us really makes the whole difference in how we can be present on the stage because those speakers that we see who are fantastic and who are introverted have learned to really, to really harness that and figure out what, what burns them out and what really energizes them. So I've talked to many speakers who are on that introverted side who say, Oh, I never go to the board dinner. If the company or the association invites me that cause it, cause it wears me out and I never go to the cocktail party afterwards. But as we said, that's often where you get the relationship that leads to spinoff business. So what advice do you have for the introverted speaker who their natural tendency is to say, I don't socialize with these people? That's a mistake, I think. I I do think it's a mistake. It's not all or nothing. You know, I think one of the the strategies that many introverted folks have told me and speakers have told me is that they um, they show up and they have a goal when they're there. So, you know, prep, I mentioned preparation has been a, a sweet spot for introverts. So they have a purpose. You know, I'm there to meet these these few people or I want to I've had some one person say to me, well, I'm going to have five conversations or I'm going to practice 
introducing somebody to somebody else, you know, because otherwise I think it's true for introverts and extroverts. We can, we have to all develop ourselves too. It's like we have, we all have both sides within us, Tom. Um, and so, and Carl Jung, of course, the originator of this whole concept said in the second half of life, we kind of move more into the other side, you know, and develop that. So yeah, in, in, in answer to your question, I, I really think that um, you can structure it and plan and you don't have to stay the whole time you know, either. So that's, that's really key. I think it's understanding, you know, preparing uh, your, your goal for the, uh, for the entrance into that room. And it still terrifies and freaks a lot of uh, introverts out. And I would say extroverts too also suffer from something called social anxiety, which probably is another podcast. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I love your advice that it's not all or nothing. So, you know, you, you can find a way to, to get out there, make those connections, do that thing and still be true to yourself as the introvert. So let's wrap this up going back to how speakers can relate to their audiences, the Uh introverted side or everybody. What have we not covered that you wish you saw professional speakers do more of when it came to relating to the audience so that they can essentially get more business? What I would say there is to be more aware of of who is contributing and who isn't and who is checking out and who isn't, whether you're in a large group or small. And I think once we each take the steps to really understand more about the nuances of these different temperaments of introversion and extroversion, some people say ambiversion, once we, we really uh, are intentional about putting that lens on our speaking then it's like other pairs of glasses that we look through. We can adjust and flex, you know, and I think that's what I would like to see speakers do more because if we don't do that in all of our discussions this year about diversity, equity, inclusion, this is another element to that. So if we don't do that, we are going to perpetuate the bias that the loudest person in the room has the best ideas. And so that's what I would really like to see. That would be my hope. Well, Jennifer, it has been great having you here on Speakernomics. It, it just lives up to what I said. We'd never met before. It lives up to what I said, that I'm the luckiest person in the business because I get to meet really cool people like you who have really great ideas who can help all of us learn. So thank you so much for coming and joining us on Speakernomics today. Well, likewise, Tom, and I, I've sent you a couple fan letters, so it's a privilege to be on this, on this show. Thank you. Awesome. Hey, and for everybody who tuned in and listened, thank you so much for being part of the Speakernomics community. Speakernomics is the official podcast of the National Speakers Association, but you don't have to be a member to listen to it and to gain all the insights that we share every single week. So do me a favor, come back week after week after week, because we're trying to bring you more thoughts, ideas, and actionable information on how you can make more money as a professional speaker. And always remember the motto of this podcast, speak, get paid, repeat. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.